welcome to the Zero Stars podcast, a podcast about video games and whether or not Dave Matthews ever wrote a song about being a monkey. Uh, my name is Bob. And I'm Matt. And we're going to talk about video games. Uh, we're not going to do that, though, until we have settled the question, did Dave Matthews write a song about being a monkey? I think that we both have really distinct memories of Dave Matthews singing the word monkey, and I can't think of... I can imagine him like singing about being in a tree. <laughs> I see. My, my memory of it is that it's like he wants to be shaken like a monkey who shakes monkeys that's I, mess, that's I, like shaking it's a, a baby it's extremely screwed up concept yeah like, no it's, who writes that i might be conflating like with the rolling stone song monkey man i am not because mick jagger has never said like monkey <laughs> like quite like that <laughs> i know that much for a fact but i think i think he's i think the chorus of that song is like shake me like a monkey he did write a song about ants so he did. Maybe he's just working his way through the animal kingdom. <laughs> he like he's just. Where do you go for all your ideas? He's like the zoo. <laughs> and then where I see them abusing the monkeys, and then I wrote a song about feeling like I was that monkey. What was being shaken? Except he would say it all in like a South African accent, right? Yeah, he is South like African. Charlize Theron. I don't know. Wait, what? Uh, they might be the same person. Really? They're both South African. That totally makes it... Wait, she's South African? Yeah, she's South African. No. Yes. Really? Because there was a big to-do once because she appeared on um, the cover of a uh, of like an African magazine that had something to do with like... That was typically um, uh, people of color were exclusively like on the covers of these magazines. And then Charlize Theron was on and I can't remember what the name of the magazine was. So it was, was like South African Jet or something? probably yeah. is it just called south african jet uh, south africa is a is a thorny situation let's steer clear of <laughs> south africa discussions on this podcast <laughs> this is after all a podcast about video games and whether or not dave matthews ever wrote a song about being a monkey which we i think believe he did we are so I'm let's move on to the other to the, to the other thing that this podcast is about which is the news which is the news it's time for the news hour a segment that we always prepare for extensively there's nothing. I don't know. Stuff's happening. I don't really care about well, any of it. The uh, one headline that I remember seeing, we talked about briefly, was the fact that Titanfall sales. Um, Titanfall came out in November, twenty sixteen. It came out the week. It came out in between Battlefield One and uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, smart. <laughs> yeah, incredible really placement smart. on yeah. EA's part. Uh, anyway, the sales on that game were not great. Um, it, I think that it has picked up a bit well, so after after like 2017. I think 2017 numbers have been better. But man, that game went on sale like down to 30 bucks. Like there was an interview with uh, Vince Zampella uh, of Respawn, the company that made uh, Titanfall, and he was saying uh, formerly, formerly of Infinity Ward. Yes, okay. one of the one of the guys. Uh, and he was saying... Just one of the guys. He's one of the guys. Well, one of them left, and now I'm wondering if I'm maybe conflating the two of them. But like, okay. they're not both at Respawn anymore. But that doesn't matter. One of the guys who started out making Call of Duty got fired by Activision and then went on to make Titanfall. Uh, Titanfall 2 is a game that I think is amazing. Uh, world-class, just tremendous uh, first-person shooter. And uh, yeah, he he says that it sold okay, but not as well as it probably should have. 
he seems to be blaming just like its placement. I think if that game had I, come out, easy in, to blame that placement. Yeah. That's that should have been an early 2017 release. Not that it needed more polish, but no. But it, I mean, it wouldn't polish never hurts you really. And no, if that game true. had come out, like the only thing that it would have been competing with was the Switch. I think it would have killed it. Yeah, yeah. I just like in January before Horizon Zero Dawn. Are you disappointed by the new Mass Effect? Would you like to play Titanfall? Could have been the entire EA's entire pitch. Yeah, it's like that's a, that's a good sales pitch. Here's a good one though. Um, a sequel that actually iterates and works. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway, I think the PSA. I know that we have like another 58 minutes left in the news hour, but PSA. If you haven't bought Titanfall two yet. Go out and get yourself a copy of Titanfall 2. It's cheap, man. It's cheap, and you are going to be treating yourself to one of the best single-player, first-person shooter campaigns in recent memory. Since, uh, I mean, if you exclude, like, since Valve was making first-person shooters, let's say. Yeah, the Valve first-person shooters are totally different. Beast. I'm talking about, like, like a portal. Like, I'd, it's very portal-esque. I'd say, I'd say it's, it's somewhat portal-esque. It definitely learns from Valve, but it's so much more a beast of, like, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1 and 2, which yeah. are stellar yes single player Just campaigns awesome games it is yeah. it is a true successor to those games so yeah if you feel like modern call of duty uh is not the best because it's not the best uh titanfall is here to be the best for you so this podcast is sponsored by titanfall 2 yes uh and we do get a cut um but they keep cutting the price so that cut is ever diminishing <laughs> shrinking uh no but really go buy go buy that game if you have an interest in games and you, if you just have an interesting games, go buy that game. It's fun. It's not even the shooting that's fun. Oh, the it is shooting the is so the fun. The shooting though. is very fun. But like the movement feels so. That is the best first person platformer I've ever played. It is agreed. Yeah, agreed. and you and you're a big Mirror's Edge fan. I do love Mirror's Edge. Yeah, uh, but like that game, that game is everything that Mirror's Edge aspired to be. Uh, so yeah. it's just and a great plus game. just like a fantastic shooter. Yes, exactly. Like, it's Mirror's Edge. And then the thing about Mirror's Edge, everybody said was, well, you can't do this and then also have good shooting. And then Titanfall showed up and did both of those things. They went over the edge, over the Mirror's Edge. Um, that doesn't make any sense. I love it, though. Just cut it. No, it sounds good. <laughs> over the Mirror's Edge. How did they not call, like, how did the second Mirror's Edge game not have a subtitle, like, Razor's Edge or Over the Edge or... Edging. edging. <laughs> Mirror's Edge 2. Edging. edging. No G. Apostrophe. <laughs> um, great. Okay. Let's wrap this news hour. Okay. It's been an extremely lengthy, boredom-inducing news hour, but we're going to cut it short. News and we're going to talk sla- about... Slash advertisement. Uh, really? Yeah. This was, this was our ad break. Um, again, use code STARS when you purchase Titanfall 2. Um, all right, so we're going to actually talk about video games that we've played because that's why you're here. Uh, yeah, I think that the very first video game that we're going to talk about, as in the past, is, uh, well, I'm not going to say the name, but Hey Bob, how's your souls? Hello, Dark Souls, my old friend. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, Dark Souls, dude, I can't wait. Uh, all right, this is our segment, How's Your Dark Souls? Um, and... Uh, yeah, we've been playing through Dark Souls 3 together, concurrently. Not at the same time together, but in separate homes. But um, trying to keep our, our times... Relatively relative. similar. I think we're both... I'm at 11 and a half hours. That's right about where I am. All right. I continue to love that video game. It's fantastic. I don't know about you, but I've hit my first wall. 
Uh, so I think I might have come up against this just at the end of my time playing it recently. Um, and we can get to that in a second. Okay. I want to ask you, did you uh, go to the area with the giant sleeping wolf? Yes. Or dead wolf, I yes. that's the If you go... That's what I was talking about. That's Farron's Keep. Yes. And that's, you can go up into like the Cathedral Mountains we, stuff. Yes. And we both went up. And then I was like, I was like, well, I feel like I missed something back there. So yep. I went down. I went into Farron's Keep. You go through the swamp. You light the fires. Yep. And, and then, then you can join the you, covenant with the wolf. Yes, which of course covenant, I did. Of yes, course, of course. It's, it's a, a big sleepy wolf big, surrounded by wolf. like like swords and spears yes, and stuff. Yes, many swords. Uh, and then you go upstairs. Yes, you go up the lift. And then you fight the first boss from Dark Souls. It's, I was going to ask you, is it the Asylum Demon? It, and it is it the is, Asylum it Demon. Totally, well, it's like but an amalgam of the Asylum Demon and that demon that you fight on that bridge coming out of the opening area of Dark Souls. They're like yes. together. Into, yes, exactly. And then, in that bridge area. But it's like all chalky white so and it looks... He's made of rocks? Check this out. Well, do you know, his name is... He's called Stray Demon. Yes. When you kill him, it says... Stray demon. And then you take his soul, you give it to the guy who transposes souls, and he makes you Havel's Ring. Uh, Havel's Ring. This is a lot of fan service. So we're going to talk about that because uh, yeah. I kind of, I'm not even sure if I like that. So the weird thing about it is they've actually really nerfed Havel's Ring. Mm. Um, Havel's Ring was in the original Dark Souls, this ring that immediately doubled your ability to carry things. Uh, it, so it made you able to like wear heavy armor and also be very agile. It was awesome. This game it broke the game a little bit. Though. A little bit. Yeah. This one this one has uh significantly less impact but has a similar effect. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's that whole combination. It's just like three different Dark Souls one things jammed into one and then they just show them all to you in, yeah. in rapid succession. Because what's the name of that wolf? They don't say uh, his... they do. It's it's Farron. No, no, he's the no, because he's in. Um, he's the same wolf from Dark Souls One. Yeah, the that one that fight. carries the sword. But his name isn't Farron. What's his name? I don't know. Something else. Fenris. Maybe. I, I I can't tell if I'm saying the names of Hunger Games characters, Dark Souls characters, or Harry Potter professors, or, <laughs> or Norse mythological creatures. You could. You, all... We could honestly make a, a show where people just say names at me, and I try to identify which of those properties they're from. South and... African actor. <laughs> <laughs> Monkey. <laughs> I uh <laughs> one of <laughs> Yeah, I, I um it's it's hard to remember the names, I'm gonna be honest with uh, you. I mean so, mainly because I just do not care about So any we of them. clearly what how far did you get going up in the castle? So we, we both were going upward into like the castle and the cathedral because you go up the stairs, you fight the three the three dudes on the staircase, or the two dudes on the staircase. We talked about that last time. That's the other direction, up. though. The other direction. How far did you go in that direction before uh, you doubled back I got to get to, to a, I got into inside of a church. I lit a bonfire in there, and then I couldn't open, like, other doors. And so I, like, wandered okay. around there, fought, like, an ice lizard. And then I went back, and then I went through that whole marsh area, mm-hmm. lit all the fires, went through this big door, and uh, got into this other area. And then I fought my first Lord of Cinder. I fought my first Lord of Cinder. So my question for you... Did you beat him? The Abyss Walker? Yes. Oh, I smoked him. <laughs> <laughs> Took two tries. I have been... Are you, are you up against it? Oh, dude, I am up against it. Oh. I am just like... there. It, he is a brick wall, and I am just running into him over and over <laughs> and over Crashing again. against the rocks. Um, I 
came very close to beating him the first time. This is a this is an enemy that uh, doubles himself, creates doubles of himself every so often. Yeah, and sometimes well, he calls those doubles in will other f- abyss walkers. Yeah, sometimes those doubles will fight on his side, and sometimes they will start to damage him. They will fight each other. They will not necessarily fight. Oh, him. I've seen them fight him too. Yeah. So you, well, I'm yeah. saying that you will. They, any of the enemies can both fight each other or you, or and they him. can and. The thing is that you only do damage if you hit the initial one. Yes, you're always trying to hit the initial one, but he has these doubles who look a lot like him. Mm-hmm. Thus, the word doubles. Um, ah, <laughs> yeah, doppelgangsters. <laughs> is that not the name of doppelgangsters? Is that not like trademarked? That's got to be trademarked. I mean, I assume as much. I, that sounds sort of like it would be a, a small vinyl toy that you would get out of one of those like machines that otherwise yes. would sell gumballs. Yeah. Just like collect all the doppelgangsters, <laughs> and they'd be like racially insensitive vinyl toys. Was there a, a series of those called like homies? They're called something? homies. I remember trading those. <laughs> I partook in, for what? In, for in, other homies in the homie economy? Yeah, there was a small homie <laughs> economy in my freshman year of my high school. It was in like high school. Oh, yeah, this was like semi ironic, but like. Mm problematic i i'm deeply ashamed i granted this isn't nearly as bad as some other economies that have had that have been racially insensitive i have to imagine that there is an oral history of the homies on the internet somewhere oh there's definitely i mean if if it exists if it could exist i think it it yes i mean the internet has to have done that for us so i i would assume that you guys should just look that up if you're listening um Wow, let's not yeah, let's not talk about those anymore. No, let's let's move um, off of that. Anyway, the Lord of Cinder, um, the Abyss Walkers, the Abyss Walkers. I fought them the first time, and it was one of those situations where you go in. and I was like, I can probably take this, and yeah. it went real well for me. Um, and I almost got him, and I didn't. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this again, yeah, and it's going to be, and I just like keep getting my ass handed to me. It's. Kind of frustrating. Like, I actually have, like, been actively frustrated by it. I mean, I feel like uh, it was one of those situations, and it could just be, like, my build or whatever else, but I I felt, like, the first time I went in there and I got smoked. Um, But it wasn't, like, so bad that I didn't feel like I could recover. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I I went back into it, and, like, I feel like I have a very good, I had a very good handle on his patterns, and I feel like his patterns are actually very simplistic. He has, like, three attacks that he does. Um, have you gotten to a second stage? Oh yeah, no, I've gotten to a second stage. I got him down to very little health on a second stage. Okay. I just the issue that I have. Um, so this goes back to something we talked about last week. There is that kiln item that if you bring to the little dude on the throne, yeah, will, it allows you to transpose stuff. The transpose stuff, and that's how you get Havel's ring. Apparently, yeah. Um, I brought him the that that thing, and I. Um, the ring, I had to make the ring that gives you damage it, it hit points back for yeah, all the yeah. damage you do. I don't remember whether I ever equipped it or not. You should equip that ring, it's a good ring. I know, I think I meant to, but like, I don't remember whether this has affected anything. We talked about that last week, and it, it heals you as you do it heals, more damage it heals you for all the damage that you do. The issue that I have with the Abyss Walkers is that the main guy, I mean, all of them really, but especially that main guy, is so fast. That if he does hit me, I need to heal because I can't take two hits. See, that is the difference is that I have specced in this way where I just take damage. I don't care. 
and then also I um well we'll get to that. I I've, well, I've 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 gone even further in that direction since beating this guy. Just being being a, a tank. I yeah, cuz you still move fast. I am extremely quick. Yeah. And I am wearing relatively heavy armor and my health bar is like half the screen when so I'm, when I'm, embered. I, so I, I, I only roll around embered yeah. and I just let things hit me and I do not care because I know that I will hit them enough for them to die. So I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I put a lot of mine in stamina, which used to be important. Um, yeah, uh, so I cannot, I cannot. I do not have a lot of stamina. Okay, I can swing a lot, but the issue, and that's usually to my advantage, and it's fine, but the issue with, with the, the Abyss Walker is that he's so fast that if he hits me once, I immediately need to heal, Yeah, and he's too fast for me to be able he to check my He just jumps towards you, because you he's can't always, get away. He's always yeah. coming at me, and it's, it's crazy that in previous games, you had to be still to drink your Estus, because you move now. You could walk a little bit, couldn't you? I don't think you could. I want to say you could still walk slowly in the old We'll double-check that later. Yeah, we can check into that. Um, we'll, we'll update you guys a but you week move, from now. You do move much more slowly. You move, you move much more slowly, but it's still like everything in this game is so much faster than in past games. Yes. That it, that like I just, if I take one hit, it creates this like cycle of panic that mm. I have trouble And you're just taking from. damage and, and you're in the weeds. Oh, because I take, I, I, don't, I don't even take damage. I take one hit and then I take a second hit and it's over. Man. So that's that's rough. Um yeah, I, I it it wasn't like a very clean fight. Yeah. Um but honestly like the only thing that gave me trouble was when there were more than one of him. Uh and then when it was just him, I actually didn't really take any damage cuz his patterns are pretty easy. Yeah. So but like when there's multiple ones, they just start hitting you. Well, it's and- hard to I have trouble even with the patterns cuz do his patterns change at all? Cuz I feel like something they, during the second phase, I feel like He's faster. He's faster, and he and he lays down fire, so you have to dodge to the right. Mm-hmm. Because if you dodge to the left, you won't be able to get to him across the wall of fire. Okay. Uh, yes, like Johnny Cash will be stuck in a ring of fire, and the flames will get higher, and you will fall down, 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 and lose all of your souls. I, I only listen to Dave Matthews. I'm not familiar. Um. <laughs> well, okay, let me put it in words you can understand. The Abyss Walker will shake you like a monkey. <laughs> And uh, it turns out that that's very bad for the monkey. This, yeah. Monkey. Monkey. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's where, that's where I am. I have gotten a little bit further than you in the other direction. What have you done over there? Uh, I think I mentioned this last time, but I scaled some rooftops and was messing around um, and then met a giant who squashed me with his hand. And that's when I decided, like, hey, maybe I'll turn around and go check out okay. what's down there. Maybe I should go back that way because now I've gotten past where I am. Well, I don't, don't, I, I, this is going to be a rare moment, but I don't want to know what's past okay. the Abyss Walker. Uh, I can also tell you that I have returned to the Fire Link Shrine and uh, I bought the key. Um, you must have been saving up for a while. No, because I killed the Abyss Walker and it gave me a ton of souls. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I, like, I I just don't die. I just have a lot of souls. And so I had 20,000 souls and I just went and paid for the key. Um, there's a lot of stuff at Fire Link Shrine that yeah. you could even get to right now uh, that I was surprised by. Um, also, I got a sick ring. Uh, I won't tell you how. Okay. But I got a great ring that um, increases how much I heal off of every Estus Flask. 
So now okay, I just have a useful. billion hit points, and I when I heal, I just man, you really spec this. You spec like the ideal Dark Souls three character, dude. I'm just a monster. Like like I do not so, have a lot of stamina. Question: Do we think that, and we don't have nearly enough evidence for this, but do we think that the game is in any way unbalanced? Toward yeah, toward where you put your points. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think that, you know, at a certain point, the game has to push you in some directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think that there are going to be elements of it where, like, I'll bet you that if you could stagger this guy on your hits, mm-hmm. the fact that you don't have a lot of hit points wouldn't matter because you could swing forever. So you'd just be able to hit him like seven times mm-hmm. before you had to, you know, because you have so much stamina, he doesn't. He doesn't stagger, and he doesn't stack. Yeah. Bosses. The the real issue is, and this is tra- traditional Dark Souls is like rarely, unless you have like some very heavy weapons, you're not going to stagger a boss. This is why I never die when I'm out in the world. You, I I'm just sure. die to bosses. Yeah, because you can stagger the normal enemies. I'll bet. But yeah. but against a boss, like it kind of doesn't matter how much stamina you have. I guess I could try to be. I could try to be um, parrying him, but. I'll bet you could parry him. Parry I'll bet you honestly that like the way for a person who's playing it like you are to get out of that is to parry him. And the unfortunate thing is that I'm just not good enough at parrying. I mean, and it will be difficult for you if you're in a situation where there's like three of them swinging swords at you. So Yeah, exactly. This is not it, one-on-one. Not a great situation. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I have on the Dark Souls front. We played a little bit less this week. I had a, I, I did a lot. Okay, I, I played. Lot. I played a little bit less. I got. I, feel. Fur- well, I, mean, I got further I down in there. Go very far with the time I put into it. Let's right, put it right. That way. And like, I, I got into a, a, a further area, which is interesting. And I, I, when you said that you were up against a wall, I assumed that it had to do with this next Literally. area. Oh, you thought that I had made it through? Yeah, and I'll be curious to know if, as somebody with higher stamina, if the next area gives you as much trouble as it's giving me. Well, this will be. It'll be interesting. I might check that out shortly um i think oh man what a good game it's i think one of the things that i need to just fold and do is that i need to actually like start using my saved up souls or build some good stuff transposing because i have all of those like souls of a fallen warrior don't yeah if you haven't used those that's that's one of the main ways that i was leveling yeah we've talked about you just got to do it the game is giving them to you for a reason yeah, but I like saving them for that rainy Dark Souls day. Yeah, but like this is that rainy this day. This is, but then I keep thinking like, but what about the one that comes after this? Then you'll just be stronger when that rain no, comes. No, there's no logic to it. It is it is a it is a f- strange satisfaction. <laughs> All right. That's a great Dave Matthews band song too. Strange satisfaction? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's actually about snakes yeah. uh in keeping with the theme. That's, That's when he a, went to the reptile house. <laughs> <laughs> And Man, he, just, he takes one zoo trip and he <laughs> knocks out eight or nine songs. <laughs> he just sees that snake with his like distended belly with an egg inside of it, and he's like, "What a strange satisfaction!" I can just, also my Dave I, Matthews sounds kind of like a portly Elvis in my mind, and I don't know why. Uh, yeah, all right. I mean, maybe it's because he is all shook up like a monkey. <laughs> I just I feel like he can also the the way that his that his is vocals work he can literally make any word sound music like he could make echidna his echidna song is probably fantastic echidna oh, not any, i mean i don't really know but when it's got when it's got that what oh man what is his like violinist name i, I don't it's know like the name it's like boyd I, tingsley or something 
There's Dave Matthews, and then there's Band. So I know that his drummer like consistently places at the top of like drummer poles, uh, which is a which is Above a literal from post Rush. that the drummers climb. <laughs> <laughs> He is a fit individual. And he ride, yeah, he is. He rides atop the drummer pole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he does beat Neil Peart, but I would say that they are actually relatively similar drummers. This is way far afield. We actually don't yeah. need to do this. We, I know this was. This is not. This is not actually a Dave Matthews Band podcast. And, you know, this, this is a podcast about video games, and only once. <laughs> The question of whether or not Dave Matthews Band might have written a song about being a monkey, which, which we still haven't solved, but we're pretty sure. Mystery. I mean, it's it's the truth is out there, right? Yeah. And it's like I'm a doubter, but you believe. You want to believe, and then I feel it's like a monster of the week. Though. It's a monkey of the week sort of thing. <laughs> I think we both believe, and that's why the chemistry isn't great. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's move on All right. uh, from Dark Souls. Dark Souls 3, still a great game. Dark Souls 3. And if you guys want to play along with us at home. Please do. And, please and, do. And, and write and in. Write in. Uh, the, the email address is podcast at zerostars.co. That is a C-O. Hey, Bob. Hey. Have you checked the email? I do check the email. How often do you check it? Um, daily. Okay. We haven't gotten any email. I also look at the analytics for the site. Not a lot of people on there either. So, um, if you want to listen to this podcast, <laughs> check it out by Please. listening to it. Hey, tell your friends. Uh, I mean, you, I don't know. You're listening to us, so maybe you don't have a lot. Maybe you're, I get it. Maybe you're on your way to see Dave play. Hey, you and your friends, all in the car. You're actually going to see Fish, but you're listening to Dave the on Dave, the way. Yeah. Right? And you're having a great time. Your friends, you tell your friends, you're like, here's a great podcast that happens to also talk about Dave Matthews' band. And then they'll all fall in love with us. That sounds perfect. Yeah, that's the dream. All right, Bob. So what else have you been playing? I've been playing uh, a game called Toyota Tacoma. <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> Since I Googled the game Tacoma and only got results for Craigslist trucks. I imagine you Googling Tacoma five years ago when this game was first <laughs> announced. And you thought, man, if I ever have a podcast yeah, about video games and, that, and whether or not Dave Matthews ever wrote a song about being a monkey, <laughs> this, is, this is a joke I will make. What an incredible opportunity this will provide. <laughs> um, and I'm so glad that you are all here to hear it. Uh, so, yeah. Tell me about Tacoma is Tacoma, Fulbright. It is from the Fulbright Company. They're a game company. Uh, <laughs> they made uh, Gone Home. Which is a game about going home and discovering that things are not what they seem in your house. Uh, I'm a big fan of Gone Home. Gone Home is, I would call Gone Home a critical hit. I agree. We should probably write a review of Gone Home at some point. I mean, we don't, yeah, I guess, does the world need another Gone Home take? Cold take this Does the world need another podcast that's two white guys talking about video games? And whether or not Dave Matthews once wrote us, we I've just we've broken the the rule of threes in comedy where like you make the callback exactly now, twice. We have to go all the way around. Like, like that's the problem is now we're locked. We're into the cycle. we're inventing the rule of twenties. I mean, no, I think there is some rule where it's like it just has to keep going. Oh, when it when it just keeps going to and the then, point, and then where what happens is the dead horse comes back to life. This is David sings the song, shaving like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds 
incredible South African accent. Yes, it's a South African horse. Um, uh, all right, um, Tacoma. It's a video ho- game. Are there horses in Africa? No, there. There's rain down in Africa, though. Okay, let's just move on to Tacoma. <laughs> Tacoma is a video game by the Fulbright Company based out of Portland, Oregon? I, I, somewhere Eugene, in the Northwest. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, led by Steve Gaynor. Steve Gaynor. Minerva's, Minerva's Den yes, fame. Yes, he made a, a, an expansion pack for Bioshock 2, which was very well regarded. And then he left, and then they made uh, Gone Home, a game that we think is a critical hit. And then... I would personally call Minerva's Den a critical hit as well. That's great. I've, I've never really played it. I think it's fantastic, but I really like Bioshock 2 a lot. I think Bioshock 2 is, is one of the high watermarks of um, that generation of first-person shooters. Wow. That's a very, very strong praise. Um, we could talk about it another time. Having played about 20 minutes of it, I am not going to agree with you, but we can get to that later. Uh, so, we could get to it right now. I have not played enough of it to okay. honestly... I would just say honest. that Bioshock 2 introduces a mechanic to the original Bioshock that is the protection of the little sisters when you're playing a big daddy. Um, man, that sounds really weird when you it say it. It sounds really weird, and I've always thought it sounded really weird, and nobody else was commenting on it. I've never liked it a whole lot. Yeah, but, I don't really like it. Um, that the urgency of those scenarios is so potent, and I haven't really encountered it's own, It's It's like a first-person tower defense mm. setup, yeah. because you know that the enemies are coming, and you are a father trying to protect a child and it is you have moments to prepare and then you just have your your wits and your own your own like speed okay that and your quick thinking and when you describe it like that that does sound like a great game i never got to those parts of it yeah. and only experienced the clunky controls and sort of you move like a tank yeah it's kind yeah. of busted it feels like um, a bad metroid prime i'm sorry i took you on that trip let's go back to tacoma and take a trip to space uh tacoma is a game where you are somebody who is arriving on a space station a derelict space station um three days after something terrible happened on this space station and you are tasked if you you just show up uh the game opens like kind of cold and you are a person who is in a spaceship and you have like a briefing for a second i thought if you show i thought you said if you show up and oh, i thought that maybe the game just like gives you this option it's like at the outset it's like do you want to take this space trip and you're like no no just boots you back to the main menu yeah and then it's just like cool now you're role playing as somebody playing other games in their living room uh honestly I like this game, but that might have been a better option. Um, we'll talk. So you you go into the space trip, and you have like a a briefing that you get at the beginning. Uh, you don't like have to read it. It's kind of like in the start menu, mm-hmm. and it just says you're there to like retrieve this AI, uh, and it kind of feels like you're on a rescue mission, like for the people who are on this ship. Um, and the way that the game works is like you arrive, and your character puts on these like. It's actually a really neat little touch. Like, they put on these, I don't know, metal discs, like, onto their neck or something, mm-hmm. uh, which, like, give them ed- augmented reality capabilities. So, like, so this is an augmented reality game within a video game. Yes. It is, it is the Matryoshka nesting doll. This, feels, this, this all feels very kind of like Idle Thumbs community. Like, this is the inevitable game that they would make. So it would be an arg within a video game. Yeah, it's... Well, so it's it's cool in that sense. Because, like... So what that lets you do 
is the you're on this ship and Odin is the uh, ship's AI, and it's you know classic like Hal style, all all seeing, omnipresent, runs the ship and also talks to the people, kind of uh, artificial intelligence on the ship, and uh, basically it lets you see him as this like floating upside down triangle. Uh, you know, with an eyeball on it, because it's like, like, what if the back of the dollar pyramid was a computer? <laughs> and you're like, all right, that's pretty badass. Uh, the ship itself is called the Tacoma. Um, it's it, just it, one eye. Yes. Uh, well, it's on it's on all like four sides of this okay pyramid. But whatever. Um, so it's this upside down floating pyramid with an eyeball on it, and he's there, and he'll talk to you. He has a great voice. All the voice acting in this game is very good. Um, and you can talk to him, you can see him in the environment, and then he was recording everything that happened on the ship prior to whatever event happened. So then you can basically go into a room, press a button, and play back the events. Uh, <laughs> um, so you can play back the stuff that happened before you got there. And what's cool about that is that it lets you kind of have this weird experience where you are able to like walk around people as they're moving about a space and overhear all their conversations. And that stuff will happen in real time. So each of these like segments will be like three minutes long and will happen in a series of like three or four rooms. And people will be moving between those rooms, carrying on conversations with each other, mm. phone calls back home, stuff like that. And you can kind play of, as many times as you want. Yeah. You have like full rewind and play capability. Oh, okay. That's nice. So you're like walking into a thing and you'll kind of see it's, they kind of guide you with where, like, how you enter a room and, like, the first conversation you overhear. So you'll, like, start listening to one person. You can click on the person and sort of see into, like, their email inbox and stuff uh, and, like, read their chat with somebody on, like, their phone, yeah, essentially. So these people have clearly also played a lot of Deus Ex. And yeah, except that, like, all that stuff is localized to people rather than being on computers. Which is which is ideal, but there's still, there's still an extensive amount of, of information that you get just via reading yes uh and so like that's kind of neat it really what it means is that in each situation you end up playing through it like three or four times or mm -hmm. that's actually on like the outside usually once or twice because you'll be like interacting with one person and then at a certain point somebody else will walk up and start talking to them and you'll be like oh i'll just rewind follow that person backwards through time to where they started watch their story until it intersected with the one i was already following and then watch them together you know what i mean mm -hmm. so you're constantly kind of like amassing more information uh and sort of learning what happened on this spaceship so i guess it's kind of like a detective story that is a very generous reading of it because that's what i want it to be what it actually is is just kind of okay i don't know there's not like like the dramatic movement of the story is should, not great enough should we clarify also that there you're not are you planning on spoiling the ending no okay not at all yeah uh, I'm, there are no spoilers here. This is just, I, I don't Impressions. know. Yeah. This is just like, what is this game? It's a game where you walk around and get to experience a story from multiple angles, but you see all of the angles, uh, except for weirdly the one of your character. So, hmm. and there, like, there is an element of it. And this is true kind of, of gone home too, uh, where you do not know things that your character knows. 
right? Yes. Like, and that is like revealed to you kind of at the end as like, ooh. Yeah. And that's always like, that always sat a little bit weird with me in Gone Home. And in this one. It feels manipulative kind of. In this one, I feel like it honestly kind of shortchanges what they had because I think that like the little twist is like, oh, that's good. But I don't think it's like better for having been a little bit of a twist. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the inverse of dramatic irony, which is, does not have a name to my knowledge and probably for a reason because it is. It's cr- 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 yeah, monkey. <laughs> if you listen to the Dave Matthews song, which we are just calling "Shake Me Like a Monkey," if you listen to that song backwards, he tells you the name for dramatic irony backwards. Uh, it's weird. I think um, this game sounds like to me like it has a lot in common, uh, less with Gone Home and more with Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Potentially, Which I did I not know, like that game very much. I mean, you played, you played like all of fifteen minutes of that game, uh, and I did not like them at all, though. And I did enjoy playing this game. Yeah, well, I think you don't like the movement and some of the finicky aspects of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. I love Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. I think it's right on par with Gone Home. Um, this sounds like it iterates on it, which is nice because uh, it, this sounds a little bit more ambitious. I particularly like the the strange setting of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture because that is um, a game design. I'm totally forgetting their name, but it's the same people who did Dear Esther, and it's it's mm-hmm. set in a little sleepy English village, potentially just a few minutes after the Rapture. Um, yeah, and so this this is set in space, and I absolutely love space. And so easily my favorite parts of this game were that I think the visual design is quite good. The music is awesome. The voice acting is great and you are in space. So you're constantly like looking out the windows of the spaceship as it's kind of like rotating and the stars are going by and the sun will be like above you and also to your left. And that sort of stuff's really neat. I think that, yeah, that probably also speaks to one of the reasons why I have been less interested in this game as much as I adore gone home is that I've, played so many games set in space recently, mm. especially games where you have to read other people's email in space. <laughs> that like, Emails in space. It, it, seriously, that is, that is a subgenre at this it point. It kind of is. It's yeah. like, it's anybody who ever has ever played like, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it's everybody played System Shock and Deus Ex and just thought, well, what if? Well, so there's an AI, it's on a spaceship. Yeah. Can you trust the AI? That's a great question. And we should really debate whether or not AIs are trustworthy. I know. And it just becomes, that was less interesting to me than in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture where you uh, have a, a, a much more unusual, you're really just walking through like an English village yeah. and you're interacting with, with various characters from this village. But even though they're, they're now gone, but you're just, you're just oh, listening to Oh, to the Rapture. To well, that's the that's what oh, okay, out okay. Uh, um, well, and I will say, like this game, I think is actually a pretty good take on the can you trust an AI thing. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it is a good game, and oh, I, so people still have something to say about it. Yeah, uh, to a degree. I mean, like I think I think that this game is like it would be difficult to overstate how much of a like good game this is, but like in the strongest sense of the word good, mm. and it does not transcend that. And it is exceptionally short. And, like, yes. I am not one to be, like... How long want... is it? I would say I played it in, like, two hours at the max. Like, I did not time it. I bet you if I looked at it, it would be closer to, like, an hour and 45 minutes. And that's fine. Um, I, I actually have no problem with games being that short. And, like, I'm not one to say... This game costs $20. And I'm generally not somebody who's, like... A game needs to provide me with as much 
content as I pay for it or something. Like, I'm not like, I don't care about the value proposition of something if it's good. Yeah. And this is good. And yet I left it kind of being, I did not feel like I didn't explore everything. You know, like, I'm sure somebody will be like, well, you just didn't read all the things. Okay. I got everything I possibly could want out of the story. Uh, I enjoyed myself. If this game had cost $10, I'd come in here. I'd be like, you should play Tacoma. At $20, I'm like, you can probably play something else. Yeah. Uh, and like, that's just because money, you know. Money's relative. It's hard to come Certainly. by. And like, yeah. if this game like blew me away and was an hour and a half, and it was like the best hour and a half I had had in a long time, yes, $20 totally justified. Make me pay more. How many souls would you pay? Oh, man. That's a good question. I would say... Probably like 25,000. You know what would be fascinating? This is very, very off topic. But Great. What if, do you think that there's someone out there who has ever tried to, you look at like standardized items that appear in like many, many games and they try to create a kind of like um, a, uh, what's it called? The, the currency um, exchange rates. For yeah. like, say, Gil like from Zenny? Final Fantasy to, Zol- to like Souls to... Whatever I am other sure fictional, that somebody has done this. And that would be, but I mean, like that kind of doesn't make sense because it's like a Phoenix Down does not. I mean, like okay, does a Phoenix Down have an equivalent in Dark Souls? No, but I guess you could just run it through all Final Fantasies. Just what are, what are the exchange rates among all Final Fantasies? Oh man, what if we found out that like there was incredible inflation in the Final Fantasy universe? I well, I've it's in hit points. There certainly has been. That's that's, that's gone up and down. Point. Yeah, hit points. Like there was a period I remember when I think it was right around Final Fantasy VII, where it's just like let's just make the hit points real big. Yes, I remember playing and it eight was just, and just being like, holy it shit! It just pissed me off because yeah. it was just like I don't want like just keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Just like your first grade teacher told you. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know that my first grade teacher did that because it involved her. That would have involved her telling the students they were stupid. We had, we had a fifth grade teacher use stupid. Everybody else used silly. That feels better. That yeah. feels right. Um, in any case, we just got way off track there, but yeah, yeah I mean, maybe not worth $20, but no. that's, that's, you know, it's hard to say because to each their own, to each their own, certainly. But I, I, I feel like this is a good game. I think that people should, at the end of the day, if you play Tacoma, I do not think you will dislike it. I think you will have a good time. And I certainly did have a good time with it. I feel like the the thing that's very frustrating about Tacoma is that there are a lot of very good ideas in it. Uh, and I do not think that it crushes any of them. Mm. And I think that its core conceit, which is kind of just like the thing at the end that both does in some level and is obviously meant to make you go like, huh, all right. Uh, it's a really good concept that I feel like there's a neater game to be made out of. Um, this game was in development for a long time. For like four years. Yeah. And honestly, like, yeah, I have a lot of questions just about it. Oh, also this game hard crashed for me. I was playing it on the bone on the Xbox one. And, uh, this game, I got close to the end of it. Hard lock, uh, audio freaked out, did the like, crashed a desktop or whatever dashboard. Uh, and I thought that it was, isn't just the, the windows 10 dashboard at this point. I I guess so. I don't know it, but it was, I thought it was part of the game because the game is all about like AI run amok or is it? And I was like, Oh shit, this game is crazy. And then it was just like, no, this game is broken. And I booted it up and it was, 
I had like 10 more minutes of it and I played him. This actually, it reminds me of our conversation. About so, Jeff, Jeff, the Silicon Knight. Jeff, Jeff, the Silicon Well, uh, yeah. Uh, and we were talking about whether or not like it could actually turn off your GameCube or not. I meant to look into that and I did not. Yeah, no, we didn't. But I actually have something related to that. Great. That I wanted to talk about. Are you, are you all set? You wrapped on Tacoma? I am. I am totally done. Okay. We're going to, we're going to talk about games that, um, that, boot you back to, or kick you back to your your uh, desktop or the start screen in just a few seconds but i played a game that is also vaguely classified as a walking simulator i suppose you could say um called assemblance mm. this was on the ps4 um it cost ten dollars i'm gonna tell you how i feel about assemblance right now it is not worth ten dollars it is not worth ten dollars i paid five it is it worth on five? sale it is not worth five how much is it worth how many souls would you pay ten souls Oof. Yeah. You could buy three of these I, just by killing an early. I was just going to say, you, I, that is so funny because it is, it's funny that like in the soul's economy, a basic human life that is not trying to kill you is worth 30. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this game is made by a company called Nilo studios. It could possibly just be like one or two people. It's clearly a very small okay. company. Um, it's, I think the first thing that's worth saying about it is that, like, it's spelled... Assemblance is spelled A-S-E-M-Blance. Um, is that is that the right... I cannot... No, Assemblance, assemblance is two S's. That. Okay. So, it quickly becomes apparent that it is spelled this way because it is a play on words, and it is both assemblance, like, to bring various oh, things together, and assemblance. a semblance is in the of semblance a, of, a of something this is barely a semblance of a game damn um i have uh, th- these people worked very hard on it there's interesting ideas in it if you go to the website for nilo nilo studios um i'm probably pronouncing their name wrong i apologize i think for it's them nilo for that. it might be nilo like nilo and stitch <laughs> i don't <know>. <laughs> okay <laughs> um Oh, I think Dave Matthews did the music for that. Did he? No, it's that that's, other. That's the the Hawaiian Dave Matthews, who's not actually Hawaiian, but just like what's that guy's name? Jack Thompson or uh, Jim Thompson? Jim Jack? Oh my God! Joe it's Jeff Jackson? Jeff Jackson? No, Je- Jack Johnson? Jack Johnson? Jack Johnson? The guy who's all about banana pancakes. I was just gonna say that dude. What loves the pancakes? He loves the banana pancakes. <laughs> you know who else loves bananas? Who? Monkeys. Oh. Um. <laughs> burr, burr. We are lively today. Uh, This is not even one of the ones where we're drinking. I know. It's really not. Uh, Oh, Lord. In any case, um, the semblance. So it's it's really it really is like you go to the website and they say, like, this is this is a semblance is the first episode in a a, an anthology inspired by like the X-Files and the Twilight Zone. That is not a good start. No, it's not a good start because especially because this game is not in the least bit inspired by either of those. Insofar as I can tell, it is um, much more inspired by P.T., so assemblance in assemblance, you wake up and um, you are in the middle of a kind of like sciencey lab space and like with computers all over and everything seems like it is talking about hard crashing. Like it is hard crashing around you and an AI is being like, why do you, why are you not paying attention? Why are you not listening? And, um, pretty good. Again, AI an AI, you cannot trust. Mm. Uh, so like, 
the, the core of the game is that you have this AI, and the AI allows you to go into this holodeck type thing, like if you're thinking like holodeck like Star Trek, and inside the holodeck you can relive memories. Okay, this is not unlike the premise of Tacoma. I think that it probably has a lot to do with Tacoma. Uh, the issue is that this game goes out of its way to frustrate you <laughs> with its its lack of information and the way in which it is trying to meet out information. Okay. Uh, it is incredibly inspired by PT. Like, like in the way that you, like, move through it? In the way that, like, well, to a degree, in the way that you move through it, and there's a certain amount of doubling that it likes to do. But more importantly, insofar as that you have to engage, it's, it's basically a pixel hunt is, in first person. That is not good. No. Here's the thing about PT. PT, not a good game. Assemblance, no. not a good game. PT, Really interesting experience. Assemblance. Mostly frustrating experience. Great. I got through four of maybe like 20 endings, and I still don't know what the game is about. Like that what is the story a really is. bad sign. Um, you can visit like four different environments that I was able to find. You find all four early on. There might be even more beyond that. Um, one of them is like an apartment. One of them is like this little outdoor area. Another is an office, and the fourth is literally just like you are out in space and walking towards a doorway in the middle of space. It looks cool, but it's not actually an environment. It does sound pretty cool, though. I mean, I love space. It's, yeah, I know. We all know you love space. This is not the most beautifully rendered space I've ever seen. Uh, it is just like it is purposefully like a like obfuscates. Is that a word? Obfuscates. Ob- obfuscates. 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 And it's just like not in a good way. Um, like PT was just like it's unique. And you play through PT without actually solving any of the quote-unquote puzzles, and you're still like, this is an interesting thing. It's an advertisement it's for a surreal, game. It's surreal, and it's It's weird. surreal. And it's, it's like the first time you loop through the hallway in PT, it is like effective. Yes. Also, this game, a critical free. What? It was a free thing. Free. Yes, exactly. Which and really no matters. one knew what it was at first. Right. It's an exciting new thing that you didn't pay anything. You have no expectation. Yeah. This is just like... It's, they worked, somebody worked hard on it. Someone has no idea how to tell a story though. Okay. Like it is just, it is, there's no story that's really being told. And like the little key parts that you know about it is that there was a marriage, there was a trauma with a kid dying and the marriage fell apart. And I don't really Classic know. Classic marital trauma. I don't know. Like to what, there's no specifics. And okay. if you're not engaged with specifics, then why are you engaged? Um, a died. game that I kept thinking of while I was playing this, especially because this game, after you complete it. Throws you back to the start screen. I want you guys to know that uh, Matt just made air quotes around complete. Well, I mean, it's clear that some people like have not actually completed. Like no one. I don't know if anybody has gotten like the final ending for this game. It's unclear to me. You, um, you did not get the final ending for this game. No, I don't know how many there are. I'm not really interested in how many there are because it doesn't seem to develop the story in any significant or interesting way. It will not improve things for you if you no. were to. What this game reminded me of, though is a game that I really love, and I actually have a review for it that we can put up on the, the site not too long, but it's a, a game called um, Anatomy. It's oh, yeah. for Windows and Mac, a really low-budget, kind of like small indie game. You can buy it for, I think, like $3. It's made by um, Kitty Horror Show, and it's on... What's the, what's that website? It's like IT... I was think itchio. Oh, uh, itchio. Yeah, um, it's it's she has her work, um, or they have their work. I'm not sure if Kitty Horror Show is a man or a woman, um, or otherwise. So the the work is up there. You can. It's like one of the few paid games. Anatomy is a fantastic game in which you just literally move through a house 
picking up recordings. So it is very similar, I think, to a lot of these quote unquote walking simulators. Yeah. So far as that you were listening to tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, the story such as it is in anatomy is, is also obtuse and sort of not the point. Okay. Uh, and that game does a lot more interesting things just like structurally with architecture on a much lower budget than, than I think assemblance could ever attempt to do. And anatomy does really clever things with throwing you back to your desktop. Ah, that is cool. And it's honestly like, like I hope that the Nilo Nilo team, like I hope that they continue their anthology and that they have some success, success, like good for them. Really though, if you want to play like a really fun, interesting horror game and you're like, especially if you have a night at home alone, um, play anatomy because it is much weirder. Uh, it's not horror isn't even the right term for it, but it is, it is much, it's much more interesting. It's ideas are much fresher and it does not feel as though it is just riffing on PT in a way that like an advertisement should never just be riffed on to that degree. Right. No, that's a Um, great point. So yeah. Anyway, anatomy by Kitty horror show. Get that, uh, assemblance by Nyla studios. Don't get that. Probably not. But you know, if you're really starving for some, some walk-in simulations and like for a game, that's about memory. Maybe, I don't know. Play with it. Uh, I mean, it, honestly, if you want to play a game about memory and you're just like desperate and jonesing for it, I guess Tacoma is the one to play. Oh, and it's, it's Tacoma is only ten dollars more than Assemblance, and it is a hundred percent worth. Yes, if, that if, $10. if it is between those two, go get yourself a copy of Tacoma. Yeah. If it is between Tacoma and Pyre, a game I have not played but which people seem to love, I would actually probably lean towards Pyre. We're gonna have some hot takes on Pyre in the next episode. Yeah, we'll be able to talk about that soon. Um, have you been playing any other games? No, that does it for me. All right. I've been dabbling in a little bit more uh, Civ Four. How's that going for you? Uh, I finally managed to win a match on the third highest difficulty. Ah, your civilization has prospered. Yeah. So, um, if like last time we were playing uh, or we were talking, I uh, I just like would play as a pacifist and I would just get my ass handed to me because like the guys would come for me and they would just be like, we don't like that you think you're better than us, and they would all gang up on me. So this time, instead of just like denying everybody the technology that I had, I started just being like, I was just like nice guy. You were just like an information. I was broker. just like sweetheart. Like yeah. yeah. Like so, I put all my time into culture and making money, and I wasn't ahead on the research, and I was okay with that. But I had a bunch of money, um, so they would like the one time someone declared war on me, I just like went in and turned all of my all of my like. Uh, archers into long, like long bowmen and no one could touch me. And I just would wait until they got tired of, of attacking me. And then they would come up and they'd be like, here's a peace treaty. Give me 300 gold. I'd be like, that's a pennies. <laughs> um, and so, and so I just played like this and it was fun through the middle ages and yeah. it was good towards the end game. I was just like, my score was much was further ahead. My research again was a little bit behind, but like I had a lot of wonders. I had a lot of culture um, I was playing as the Indian Empire and was like on my own little subcontinent. It's very much like the actual Indian Empire was. Um, and towards the end of the game, I was like, kind of like, this isn't as much fun anymore. I was yeah. just hitting return. And, but there were a lot of wars happening around me. So I'd look at the little scorekeeper in the corner. Oh, great. And I would see that like someone would be fighting a war against like, like Julius Caesar would be like behind me in points. He'd be like coming up hot on me and he'd be fighting against like, uh, Isabella from Spain. 
who's like at the bottom of the score pile, right? Yeah. And he's just like trouncing her, and that brings up his score when he captures a city. So I would go to Isabella unprompted, and I would just be like, hey, Izzy, here's a whole bunch of like, here's physics. It's like, it's like, you know, 1800s, and I'm just like giving her like riflemen and artillery. Oh, and that's great. I can't gift actual units to her. I couldn't figure out how to do that. But I just started giving her, I give her all my technology, and I give her like a big chunk of change. Yeah. And I would just, it was very hard to tell whether this actually made a difference, but it was sort of fun to nonetheless like experiment with what was going on. Because I don't get to see the wars up front because I don't have like dudes over there checking that out. I probably could have sent like an explorer to go and watch. No um, reason to though. If you if you just know yeah. that it will benefit you to have her win and be indebted, and to I don't, you. or at least I mean, and yeah, it made her like me a whole lot. But I was mostly just like I had all these extra resources, and I was just like. I, you know, it's also just like, I want to, I kind of was like into rooting for the underdog. So I'd be really nice to everybody at the bottom of the pile and just like give them stuff all the time. Once or twice that actually backfired on me a little bit. I can imagine where, that at a certain yeah. point, some people get too big for their bridges. This is, this definitely happened yeah. and I would, uh, I would need to cut down all of our trade routes and, um, but man, the civilization, sanctions. if there is a desert Island game, that might be it. Like it is just a game that you can play endlessly and yeah. I have this this thing where like I'll pop in Civilization and I'll be like I'll play for a little while and then like I'll have a hard stop where I have to get up and do something else. Yeah. And I won't think about it and I'll go four days and just like not think about Civilization. But then like if I start playing Civilization and I don't have anything else to do, it's the only thing you're thinking about. It is like like I will keep playing. Yeah. And like like it is really just like I require hard stops if I am going to like play this. That game. makes sense. I mean, the games are so long and so intricate and so just immediately oh, evolving. Yeah. That game was like three and a half, four hours. Yeah. Like it's it's not a small commitment. No. You could play means. Tacoma twice in the time it took you to play one game of Civilization. But you can buy three Civilization fours for the price of Tacoma. You make. You be the judge. Judge. You be the monkey. And jury. <laughs> yes, you be the monkey. Uh, awesome, man. Well, yeah. we're kind of getting near the end of this. Uh, this is the part of the show where we generally like to talk about a piece of culture that we have enjoyed from the past week, uh, and that's non-game related. So, Matt, do you have something you want to talk about? You always make me go first. I can go first if you want. I went first uh, last time. I'll go first. Um, oh, so I just finished, I'm a little bit late to the party here, but uh, I just finished watching the third season of The Leftovers, the third and final season. Okay. This is the show um, by the one of the co-dudes from Lost, Dam- Damien, Damon Lindelof. I don't actually know how to pronounce his name, um, but you're giving me the, the way to go sign. Um, so. I was nodding very yes. intensely because I think that is cr- Damon Lindelof. Lindelof. Okay. Damon Lindelof. Um, and it's uh, also co-created by Tom Parada uh, based on his novel. Um, I really like this show. I think the first season is sort of like, eh. I think the second season is phenomenal and one of my favorite seasons of TV ever made. And the third season is a little uneven, but consistently interesting. And I think it has a really exceptional uh, final episode that I found both emotionally satisfying. I just found it emotionally satisfying. It's very rare for finales to be good, much less emotionally satisfying. I have never had an interest in that show, but Mm -hmm. everyone's response to the finale makes me want to watch it. It is. uh, The show leans a little bit too hard into its whole, like... 
dumb mystery box. Like they pretend to not care about like, what is the reason that all these people disappeared from earth? For those of you who have never heard of the leftovers, the conceit is that 2% of the earth's population just disappears one day. They just like vanish into thing at thin air. Um, and the show really is about like the fallout of that, that event on the population. It's, um, it still leans a little bit too hard into like, in, I don't know. I'm a, I believe that like man needs mystery. I think as John Falls once wrote, I think that that's like, that like sometimes having a mystery solved is not for the best. And they actually acknowledge this frequently in the season two theme song, which is kind of like a cheeky little, um, nod to it, but man, like wonderful acting, really phenomenal acting. The last episode, especially just like leans into the acting and some long scenes of just characters, telling stories no flashbacks just like characters telling a story to one another um that you in a way that's extraordinarily effective and yeah i just really like that show also shout out to mimi leader who is one of the main directors of the show she directed a handful of the episodes across the across the series and directs the final episode and it is she's a phenomenal director um i really like her work Awesome. Yeah, I, I think eventually I will check that out. I don't know when, but I'm sure it will come for me eventually. Um, I don't know. It's just like there's so much stuff to watch. Uh, my thing, really quickly, is a album that I actually stumbled upon. Of course, it's an album because I only talk about music in this section. Uh, but it's a record that I just randomly found on Bandcamp by an artist uh, called Yeo. So it's Y-E-O. They are Australian. Um, and the record is called Ganbaru. Uh, which is a Japanese phrase, uh, which means like, do your best. Like you'd say it to somebody before a sporting event. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's a great word. Uh, and it is like an electro pop record. Um, I sent you one of the songs from this. Yeah. I like uh, that. I like that one song. I didn't realize that they were Australian. Yeah. That's yeah interesting. Uh, I think it's Australian, but, um, it is a terrific record. Yo, Ganbaru. Um, I honestly kind of don't know who wouldn't like it. Like, I guess, I mean, I like a lot of different kinds of music. So I guess like if you only listen to death metal exclusively, you will be disappointed by this. But if you're just a person who enjoys good melodies, uh, danceable beats, it occasionally gets a little princey. Uh, I really, really enjoy it. Um, so check it out until then. Uh, you can just listen to the smooth stylings of David Matthews. Is he David? I have no, I was just like, I wanted to say like Dave Matthews, the third. He might be a third. He feels like he'd be a third, is, right? I, does he have kids? I do not know. Yeah. Does he call them his little monkeys? Uncle, and did he shake them I, as children? <laughs> I certainly hope not. And on that note, uh, another mystery that we'll try and solve next week about Dave Matthews. Um, yeah, next week, actually, we'll talk. I know we promised to talk about uh, Splatoon 2's Salmon Run. We will play and Salmon we will talk, Run. We'll probably next week look out for some Salmon Run, um, some Pyre... Some pyre, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, honestly, what else I'll get yeah, into. We'll be but... putting some stuff up on the site, too. Yeah, I have a review that. of Splatoon that'll go up. Yeah. So. And as always, if you want to have us read anything you write. Literally anything. Anything. Uh, you can send that to zero stars. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. You Off can kilter send... already. Oh, no. You can send that to podcast at zerostars.co. And that's also the name of the website, zerostars.co. So if yeah. you want to read our written work, you can check us out there. Also, you can um, 
like us on iTunes. Give us a good rating. You can give us a bad rating. You I, give us a bad honestly, rating. Honestly, just yeah. rate us and uh, we'll, we might read those as well. We're really open to the idea of reading things that people write about us. We have kind of set ourselves up for people to give us zero stars. Yeah, I've been aware of that for a long time. I would honestly be kind of into it if we only got zero star reviews, but I guess that would probably make iTunes make us harder to search. Yeah, I think it would not it would not behoove us. But uh but hey, oh, it's well. all up to you guys. You just if you happen to be out there, if you actually happen to be listening, have a good day. Yeah, shake it like a monkey. <laughs>